I'm excited to be speaking. I'm a little bit nervous, um, but I actually have a lot of experience in speaking and teaching. In fact, I probably do it more than the two Tims. Um, it's just usually in front of a much younger, a much more lively audience, usually the under 14s. Um, but I'm hoping that it's a good thing to be speaking in front of you guys this morning because um, I'm hoping you'll be much more well behaved. Although I'm looking at a few of you and thinking, I'm not so sure. <laughs> um, so for those of you that don't know me, my name's Roxy Smith. I'm the children's and families worker here at Amblecote Christian Centre. And this morning I come um, with the perspective of having a heart for justice. Um, I'm part of the justice team, but I think this partly comes from growing up with two parents who are both here um, that really demonstrated to me and my brother a heart for justice and a heart for caring for those in need and, and the poor. Um, so this morning we're talking specifically about the injustice for those that mine in dangerous conditions for materials found in things that we use on a daily basis like makeup, our phones, um, jewellery. Um, but I've been asked to speak specifically on loving our neighbour and the question, who is our neighbour? So in the next 10 minutes, hopefully, I'm going to give two reasons of why we should love our neighbour and then talk about the who, who is our neighbour. So I want to start um, by explaining the term psychic numbing. That sounds really weird, but bear with me. When I hear the story of a homeless man, I'm incredibly moved and touched by his story. When I hear that a child has been abused, I could cry, my heart sinks, and I'm, I'm hugely impacted. When I hear that somebody has been murdered, I'm shocked and deeply saddened. But why, when I hear about 1,000 soldiers dying, or about thousands of children mining for cobalt um, potentially found in phones, why am I less impacted? Why don't I cry? Why doesn't it seem to have the same effect as these seemingly smaller events? Well, I heard this term psychic numbing at a conference I was at earlier this year, and the person that was explaining it um, gave a reason for this. And she said that the reason that we are less impacted by these bigger events is that when the number of victims increases from even one person to two, our ability to empathize and our willingness to help decreases. One website um, said, when I was looking at it, said, uh, psychic numbing occurs when our conscious experience becomes so overwhelmingly mentally painful that our feelings, in effect, switch themselves off. And I imagine this is partly because we can't comprehend, we can't physically imagine 1,000 soldiers. Um, and also because this overwhelming number, it, it feels helpless. What on earth can I do for those people? Um, but actually, I think when we hear about one person dying, often we're brought um, to tears, we feel the pain. And actually, when we try and imagine and conceive the pain of 1,000 people dying, it just wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to cope with that. And so our brains shut down. Um, and this kind of brings me on nicely on to why we should love our neighbour. I was listening to a podcast by Tim and Adrian. You may have heard it. It was one of the, uh, in the series of Honouring God with Our Money. And they were talking about buying fair trade and how often it's seen as a fringe concern for us. But Tim said, uh, he mentioned something that a friend had once said to him. Um, and it really, really resonated with me. So I'm just going to read it out. He said, if you had someone living next to you 
whose life was the result of the work they have to do to produce your products in an unethical way, you couldn't buy them. If your neighbor was one of those miners that we just saw in the video, if his life was right in front of us, if you knew him and knew his story, would you still carry on? Um, so this, yeah, this is our first reason. Why should we love our neighbor? Well, because when we focus on the individual, when we make them our neighbor, we hear their story and see them right in front of us. We are more able to empathize and more willing to help. Our second reason is that the Bible tells us to. That seems pretty simple. Um, but yeah, when I was researching about this, I found a lot of different references to loving our neighbor in the Bible. In Leviticus, it commands us to love your neighbor as yourself. And this is convenient for us, for this, for us this morning. This is amongst other laws about how we should treat the poor. Um, but the one thing that I want to, the one verse that I want to focus on today is found in Luke. And for those of you that may not have come to church before or don't know as much about the Bible, um, it's, the Bible is one book, but it's split into lots of smaller books. And um, these books can be split into chapters like a normal book would, and then they can be split into verses, which are kind of like little sentences. Um, and you can read along this morning, it'll be on the screen. But um, if you want to turn to it in your own Bibles, we're reading from Luke 10. Um, chapter 10, verses 25 to 37, and I'm reading from the ESV, and I don't have my actual Bible up here with me, because I was nervous about having to like find the page and drop in it and all that sort of thing, so I'm just going to read it off my printed sheet. Um, okay. And behold, a lawyer stood up to him to put him to the test, him being Jesus. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And the lawyer answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him, departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place, saw him and passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him, he bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. And then Jesus said, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. The one who showed him mercy. Here we see the focus on the one who showed him mercy rather than the neighbor being the man who was robbed. 
Um, and just to give you some context for this story, um, we believe that the listeners of Jesus were likely Jews, and we know that the Jews and Samaritans hated each other. For them, it would have been a real shock that Jesus said the Samaritan helped him, because that would have been the least likely person that would have helped It would have been like a West Brom supporter helping a Wolves supporter. (laughs) But really, this was the least likely person, which is why Jesus used this example. So Jesus shows us that love your neighbor goes further than those that you live by. It goes further than the ones that you like. It should not be left just to the priests. In fact, it is for all of us that want to follow Jesus. And our neighbours are those that are in need. Which, let's be honest, at some point we are all in need. And of course, we may be completely oblivious to some needs. For example, this morning you may not have known about the issues around mining. I know I didn't. And often we can become overwhelmed. I talked about psychic numbing earlier and how often with these big issues and tragedies we can become numb. But when God stirs our heart for a person... Or when he highlights a particular need, let's not walk by like the, the, the Levite and the priest. Let us go beyond what is expected. Let us love and care for that person as we would care for ourselves. And just here I want to remind us of the importance of this command. It isn't just advice. Jesus says that the two greatest commands are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So out of all of the commands, these are the greatest two. And in at least four different books in the New Testament, it tells us that all of the law is fulfilled in just this one law, to love your neighbor as yourself. In Galatians, it says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so when we do love our neighbor, we actually fulfill all of the other laws. By doing this, it covers the rest of it. In James, it goes as far as saying that if you don't love your neighbor... You are guilty of all of God's law. It says, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, which is about favoring the rich, you are committing sin and convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. And I find this really scary and hard to hear that when I choose not to love my neighbor, when I choose to favor the rich, I disobey all of God's law. But all of this helps us to understand why it is so important to love our neighbor. But going to our other question, who is our neighbor? Well, in the story of the Good Samaritan, the neighbor was the one who showed mercy. And so maybe this says more about us becoming a neighbor rather than looking for the person in need to be our neighbor. So I want to encourage you to think, who could I be a neighbor to? Anybody really could be our neighbor because there's so much need. But it would be impossible for me to help every single person in the world. But I think that God places people in our paths and we either choose to walk by or we choose to be a neighbor 
and we choose to love and care and show mercy to that person. And I think if you feel stirred this morning by any of these videos or messages that we're hearing, then actually how can you be a neighbor to that person in need related to that issue? Maybe there's somebody in your family struggling right now. How are you being a neighbor to that person? And I really want to try and give practical things on how, you know, how we can help because I know that this is a difficult message and there's so much overwhelming need, but I know that this will be covered in just a few minutes. Um, so I just want to emphasize that actually there are steps that we can all make to love our neighbor and to be a neighbor. And I just want us to think about this, um, you know, who can I be a neighbor to? And there's some questions there, but I'm just going to pray, um, and then I think we're going to watch another video. Father God, we come to you in desperation because we don't know how we can possibly help these overwhelming needs. And I thank you that you remind us time and time again that it is important to love our neighbor. But I pray that you will stir our hearts for a particular need this morning or give us the image of a particular person you want us to be a neighbor to. And I just really pray that you will give us the strength to become a neighbor, to know what that means, to not become numb to it and overwhelmed by it, but actually that we can step out of our comfort zone and do something, that we can go beyond what is expected, that we can show love and mercy that we will care for these people as we care for ourselves and know more about what that means. In your name, Father. Amen.